Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, July 14th, 2021, and today we're reading from the big book. We're in Chapter 5, and we're on page 70, the third paragraph, if we had been thorough about our personal inventory, reading and commenting on that one paragraph only. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 Steps, Laura Kay, for the 12 Traditions, Marie B., and reading the text are Elena C., Katie G., and Marie B. is stepping up. Uh, the newcomer greeter is Yvette L., and the host of the second hour is Matt J. F. The reference numbers for Tuesday, July 13, 2021, 7 a.m., um, the 7 a.m. meeting is 17,342, that's 17342, and for the 10 a.m. is 17,343, that's 17343. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Laura Kay to read the 12 steps. Good morning, this is Laura Kay, gratefully recovered in New York. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being <clears throat> the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we carried we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you so much, Laura. Okay, I will now ask Marie B. to read the 12 traditions. 
Good morning. This is Marie D. in Jacksonville, Florida, a recovered compulsive eater. Number one, these are our 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Those problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media, media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Marie B., for stepping up. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately... Um, three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topics. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book on page 70, the third paragraph, if we have been thorough about our personal inventory. And I will ask Elena C. to begin reading. Good morning, everyone. May I be, uh, please be heard? Yes, perfect. Okay, so my name is Elena C. from Greenville, South Carolina, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. If we have been thorough about our personal inventory, we have written down a lot. We have listed and analyzed our resentment. We have begun to comprehend their futility and their fatality. We have commenced to see their terrible destructiveness We have begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill towards all men, even our enemies, for we look on them as sick people. We have listed the people we have hurt by our conduct and 
are willing to straighten out the past if we can. Thank you so much for letting me be the uh, reader this morning. This paragraph is very rich. And, you know, when, as I'm reading the paragraph, I'm thinking about how I used to be before the program, uh, before the 12 steps. Like, I was like, um, um, why do I have to do this work? It's them, you know. Um, They have to take like um take care of their resentments and their fear and their whatever so then i can be happy um and that's how i saw my healing that they had to do it first and then i will be doing mine um and that was my attitude and this program is um helping me was helping me is continuing to helping me you know, um, look at myself and um, I learned that resentment is every feeling, any feeling that um, is resurfacing. It can be disappointment. It can be sadness. It can be any other feeling, um, but it's resentment means to feel again, to feel again. So um, it's just amazing how many resentments I have um, held over the years and how destructive they were. And I had no idea. I had absolutely no idea the resentments are going to eventually kill my mental health, my emotional health, my even my health. Um, until I did this and until I experienced you know, the patience, the goodwill, the tolerance that I experience. And all all of those are values from my higher power. My higher power, when I'm close to my higher power, is that's how I feel. That's the state that I'm in. And I wouldn't trade it for anything else. Um, I am in the path for reco- towards recovery. Right now, I'm recovered, but... Um, you know, I am still working on myself and I'm still working on bettering my relationship and getting close to my higher power. Um, and I I need to continue straighten out the past as, as life continues to happen. And thank you so much for letting me share with that I'll pass. Okay, thank you so much for getting us started, Elena. We're on the third paragraph on page 70. So although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who would like to share on that third paragraph on page 70? Barbara E. Terry Larry K. Larry K. Judy K. Judy K. Anyone else? Reva P. Reva P. Siri C. Siri C. Okay, that's a good group. I have Terry C., Barbara E., Dara L., Larry K., Judy K., Reva P., and Siri C. Go ahead, please, Terry, followed by Barbara E. Star one, Terry.
Carrie, we can't hear you. Is it possible it was Surrey C? Maybe you said you, yeah, maybe it was. Okay, go ahead, Surrey. You're first and not last. Go ahead, Surrey. Um, hi, Surrey C, compulsive overeater. Um, being thorough about my personal inventory, showing up every day. <clears throat> I love how this meeting just, every meeting keeps it simple because um, I overcomplicate everything because I, struggle to trust um, and I'm resentful about my struggle with trust but um, but that is that resentment that resentment of my struggle of my my inability to trust something that's real a real person a messy person a flawed person me um, and I realized that in talking to people, I project a certain person myself. And when I project that person and then they respond or they react, I have to focus on how I show up, how I show up to and, and not take myself too seriously. Because the bottom line is that I'm not in control. And, and if I don't show up with how I'm, if I'm not aware of how I'm showing up to an interaction with another flawed human being and focusing on my flaws instead of theirs, then I'm, I'm, I'm in the food, I'm in the resentment, I'm in the everything. And, and I just, I'm so grateful for this line day in and day out for being a beacon of reminding myself that I can trust a fellowship. I can trust my higher power um, because I am powerless over food and my life is unmanageable. But with the fellowship, um, it's, it's a little bit more manageable every day. And, I'm, and even while I'm present, even while it hurts, so thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Suri. Okay, Barbara E., you're up, followed by Dara L. Thank you so much. This is such a beautiful meeting. It really has saved my life. I'll set my timer. After a thorough investigation of my life, all my resentments, my disturbances, my fears, I came to realize the futility, the pointlessness, the potential for fatality, destruction by my own actions, almost decreed by fate. If I continue to hurt others by my words, my actions and behaviors, I've left God out of my life. So I now ask my higher power to help me to truly respect others, their opinions. And for me, that's the tolerance I seek to love others and truly care about what I can do for them instead of what they can do for me. To stop giving up unsolicited opinions and manipulating others to puff up myself and being more caring and giving with my family. 
That's what the 12 steps have opened my eyes to. If I've done all this, I've swallowed and digested some big chunks of truth about myself and given up my former practice of swallowing big chunks of food. When I came to to OA two decades ago, I had virtually no spiritual life. During my time in this program, I've slowly been building a relationship with my higher power. There will be times when faced with an important decision and I want to know my higher wills right away, asking God to increase my desire or decrease, to decrease it if I'm not supposed to take it. I say, God, I'm on your team. Please tell me what to do. And then I wait patiently. And when I do, I usually experience a shift of feelings inside me. But if I don't, I do nothing, or I can choose to believe God wants me to make this decision on my own. But I stop worrying and inevitably find a clearer perspective as I continue to focus all my efforts to learn, grow, and humbly seek good orderly direction, to embrace embrace my new set of God's ideals for me, but understanding I'm not perfect, so I must must not beat up myself if I stumble and accept I'm merely a human being doing the best I can. If I fall short today, I have another opportunity tomorrow to be better, to do better, to let God direct me, to give me my marching orders, not the other way around, with a new code of morals in all areas, to hold my little ceramic frog, remembering frog for me means fully relying on God, to be the best and perfect Barbara I can be today and tomorrow and as I move forward. And if you're new and struggling, never give up. Wait for the miracle and stay after the miracle to pass it on to others. I pass and thank you. Thank you, Barbara. Okay, Dara L., you're up, followed by Larry K. Okay, great. Thanks. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Philadelphia. And um, what stood out to me in the reading of this paragraph, and I love that the lead was talking about, you know, focusing outside of, you know, ourselves. And uh, I was just thinking about how empowering this program is. It's like such a paradox, right, that we come in broken and desperate and, you know, spiritually bankrupt, or that's, that's how I came in, you know, dragged myself back to OA. Um, and there's so much focus on the powerlessness, and I am and will always be powerless. Um, uh, but, and at the same time, right, like before, before I came into program and before I established a relationship with a power greater than myself, I focused on everything outside of me, and that was killing me. You know, this idea that I'm going to change other people. I'm going to, you know, like if this person would only do this, then I'd be okay. You know, if that person would only do that. And today I know that if I'm disturbed, it's because there's something wrong with me. There's something inside of me that's not okay. And that I can do everything about, you know, I can bring it to God. I can do 10 steps. I can, um, you know, share. And the steps four and five taught me how to live uh, in steps 10 and 11. You know, I mean, it really this practice, everything builds on everything else. And, you know, I just, I know from my own personal experience that the way to death, and when it talks about futility and fatality, like 
for me, what will kill me is focusing on the things outside of me that I can't do anything about. <laughs> like, I can't change them, but I think that I that my happiness depends on those things. You know, that that is the surest way for me to end up, you know, wanting to kill myself and everyone else. Um, and the way to life, you know, is exactly the opposite of what I thought. It's to focus on all the stuff inside of me um, and that conscious contact. And, and, you know, God can do everything about those things. And just this is a way, you know, these spiritual disciplines work. The ease and comfort that I sought from binging and purging and starving. And, and I did. I got ease and comfort from that. But I get so much more ease and comfort from my relationship with God. And so much more ease and comfort from focusing on the stuff inside of me that's disturbed, that I can exposed to the light of day and the light of, you know, truth and, and be relieved, you know, be relieved of that mental insanity that drives me. And, you know, food is just the tip of the icebergs of the problem of me, you know? Um, so anyways, really grateful um, to be at this meeting, grateful to be celebrating six months of abstinence and um, I'll pass. Thank you, Dara. Congratulations on six months. And Larry Kay, you're up followed by Judy Kay. Thanks so much, Katie, for your service. Um, you know, everyone has a seat here. You, you want to put a jersey on? Uh, great. You have a seat here. It's, it's terrific you're here. You don't want to put a jersey on? Uh, it's okay, too. You're welcome here. You know, it's about patience and tolerance and goodwill towards others. I, you know, I need to ask myself, you know, why, why offer grace to the undeserving? there's a lot of judgment in that doesn't that make me a sap doesn't that make me a big chump you know sometimes showing grace to others is easy it's easy to show grace to my daughter the person in need of grief you know grace is you know someone someone that we like someone who's naturally sweet someone who's normally very easy to get along with that that's a that's a no-brainer that's easy to offer them forgiveness grace Sometimes, though, for me, extending grace is a challenge because some folks are difficult. <laughs> I may be one of them. Demanding. They can be inconsiderate. Some take advantage of others. Some are disagreeable. Some lie to us. They stand on the soapbox. They could be arrogant. They could be rude. You know, we experience harsh judgment, you know, that it, from people sometimes, and they love to gossip. They don't deserve grace, we think to ourselves. But then again, neither do we. See, yet grace is exactly what God has given. In fact, for me, you know, I think, I think of it in terms of God has lavished this grace on an undeserving guy, upon me. It's not something that I earned. It's not something that I deserve. It's he gives it freely because he loves me. That's what I choose to believe. And in turn, God expects us to demonstrate that same grace in our dealing with other people. And that includes the, the cranky and the cantankerous and the undeserving types too, right? Often they're the ones that need it the most. We need to demonstrate grace to the undeserving, the, the, you know, the unappreciative, not only for their benefit, you know, and their blessing, but for my own as well. So, you know, harboring grudges and resentments doesn't hurt the target of my 
you know, my bitterness nearly as much as it hurts me. It corrodes me from the inside. My higher power has forgiven me an insurmountable debt. So I, I have to forgive others, have to forgive others. Can't corrode me from the inside when I'm forgiving others. That's what this program teaches me. It's an other-centered thing. It's not a me-centered thing anymore. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Okay, Judy K., you're up, followed by Reba P., and then we'll open it up for more shares on page 70, the third paragraph. Go ahead, Judy. Hi, thank you. This is Judy K., recovered in Cary, North Carolina, and I'd like to focus on the, the words, we have begun to le- learn tolerance. This is such an amazing program, and um And there are no coincidences. I received an email this morning, um, an email that says, with a single unpredictable act of one human caring for another, he feels he can't tolerate, the whole world of creation is healed. Um, Why can't I tolerate certain people at times? Well, usually it's because of a reflection I see in them of a flaw in me. Be that as it may, this uh, email goes on to say, a 70-year exile occurred due to murder, adultery, and um, idolatry. And a second uh, exile exists because of good people doing good things, being coming intolerant of others. Senseless intolerance causes more harm and is more sinister. So sinister that it can take 2,000 years to heal from the wounds. Intolerance of the other lies at the primal genesis of evil and separates us from the divine. Um, So I decided, of course, to... um, forward this wonderful email (laughs) to people that I love. And then it dawned on me, actually, I should be forwarding good things to people that I've become intolerant of over the years. And maybe this intolerance I should look at and say, why why on earth would I be intolerant? You know, this is an other program. We focus on the other, and that's how we heal ourselves. And... um, what a wonderful program it is because we heal as we heal ourselves we're healing the world so i just want to uh, put it out there that i have such gratitude and um and thank you everyone for being on the line and with that i'll pass thank you judy k okay reba p you're up and then we'll open it up Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. The first words that strike me in this paragraph are futility and fatality. So at this point, I'm only on step four, um, and I've got you know these lists of resentments and fears and harms and sex conduct, and I think the biggest revelation for me was looking at how I re-feel and re-fear and re-resent over and over, and it's like going in circles and circles. And this is such a great reminder. It's futile. It's useless. It, it's pointless. It gets me nowhere. You know, I'm constantly trying to tell myself how right I am, how wrong 
the world is, people are, circumstances, um, and it's like sitting in the mud, complaining, getting nowhere fast. And fatality reminds me that for me, I'm an addict. I'm a compulsive overeater. I can't afford certain foods, ingredients, behaviors, and I can't afford these resentments, fears, and harmful conducts because it will take me back to the food that will literally and figuratively kill me. Um, so that's a great reminder. But the thing that strikes me the most is the word begun is used twice and then commenced, which is the same thing, beginning, beginning. I heard so much about step four, step four, step four. It was such a big mountain of a thing. When I first came into program, I was terrified. This is only step four. The inventory process is four through nine. I have just begun. If I could just look at this list of inventory and all this information and I could say, okay, I won't be resentful anymore. Oh, I have fear. I guess I won't be fearful. I don't need this program. So this is information and the best thing I can do for me at this point is keep moving. Keep moving. Continue. Continue step five, six, seven, eight, nine. Because if I could make this stuff go away, I would. If I wanted to just be tolerant, I don't think I'd need this program. I need God, which tells me in the next paragraph, so I won't get too much ahead. By doing this work, these are the things that block me from the power that saves my butt. I need to access that power, and that's the power that will remove this stuff for me. So for me, um, at this point, I don't start getting into moral debates. I just keep moving with the process, and then miraculously, yeah, I just do the footwork, and then God does the big heavy lifting for me. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Okay, so we are on page 70, the third paragraph. And although we value your experience, we still ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who would like to share? Kelly S. Linda D. Kelly S. Linda D. Laura K. I heard two people. Laura K. Okay, Kelly S, Linda D, and Laura K. Did I miss someone? Time for more. Okay, go ahead, Kelly, followed by Linda D, and then Laura K, and then we'll open it up for more. Good morning, guys. It's Kelly S, Recovered Compulsive Eater and Bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, Grateful to be on the line today. So uh, this paragraph really said a lot to me, and I we've kind of talked about it. But one of the things that really stood to me again is, you know, that it said that we have begun three times, and not only we're, we're at step four. Um, you know, what I have to remember is that this is a lifelong process. Um, we never arrive, and you know, I've been around these rooms forever, and um, just coming back, you know, from a relapse after, you know, five years and um, now recovered again. And, you know, I can still, even in these rooms, thinking I know that I have arrived and didn't want to think I had arrived. But guess what? We just keep on doing this work. Um, and that's one of the things that I have to remember. You know, my sponsor has over seven years, and I admire her program. And on the very first day we talked, she said, my life is not a life of rest. <laughs> and so we got to keep on doing this work. So, 
um, that's just something that I needed to hear for myself and to remember. It's just the beginning, all of this stuff, of a lifetime, of all these blockages. And why do I do this work? You know, because the big book tells me in the doctor's opinion I'm a distinct entity, and not just for the food. I can't do resentments and, and judgment. And I'm going to tell you what, I don't know how to do I, tolerance, patience, and goodwill. Well, that sounds wonderful, but um, that's not my go-to. What I love here, it says we're just beginning to learn this, you know. And I know a lot of you are word nerds. I'm a word nerd. So I love to look up words that I think, oh, I totally know what that word means, right? So I looked up learn yesterday, and it says to gain or acquire knowledge of or skill in something by study, experience, or by being taught. I mean, I think, isn't that what's happening here in this process for all of us? I mean, it is for me. You know, I'm learning, I'm I'm studying, I'm experiencing. I don't know how to do this. I'm learning to do this. Like everything else I'm learning, i got to keep on doing the work. I get to see daily how this stuff blocks me from God. And what's the whole point? I lack power. So what am I supposed to be doing? Searching for power, going for power, right? And what's doing that, blocking me is these resentments, this anger, this fear, all this stuff is what's blocking me. When I get blocked, then it becomes fatal because then I'm back into self-reliance. I'm almost reminded of that daily, but every day I have a choice. Every day I can work these steps and I can go to God, which is my true ultimate source today. And I'm so grateful I'm willing to do the work to uh, lean into God. Glad to be here. Katie, thanks for your service. Pass. Thank you, Kelly. Linda D., you're up, followed by Laura Kay. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D. So very thrilled and grateful to be recovered for today, not cured. I was struck by um, something that was said by the first person about trust, trusting people, trusting the program. When I was very new, I thought, what the hell are they talking about? I know I've been around a a long time, so I I have a sense of what the hell you're talking about and how do I apply it today. Today I woke up human, which means I heard a lot of opinions in my head. I heard some fear. I heard an agenda of how the day should go, and I need to know those things. I can't ignore them, but um, the fear... I um I listened to the weather because I have to know that and and then it turned to world news and I heard a bellow. I never bellow. Well, once in a while. But not a bellow like that because something that was said infuriated me. And I was right and I was so proud of myself because I really can bellow. And I couldn't before. I couldn't let it out. And then I uh, pulled back real fast because, right or wrong, I can't afford that. I'll self-destruct. And by practicing these steps, by being with you, I have learned to find a higher power. When I came in, there was none, and I was sure of it, and I let it be a question mark. And that question mark turned out to be real. And when they say power, some people mean strength, and and I get that too, but mostly it's direction, and I have to listen very carefully, very carefully, because I won't know. 
I like to think I'll know, but I won't know unless I really, really pause and listen. There's nothing to analyze. And that was what I learned in, you know, daily life, analyzing the hell out of everything. It's something to be experienced. It's within and it's totally, or he or she, totally loving. And it's grounded in the truth. That's it. And it's gorgeous. And it hurts sometimes a lot. So keep going. Boy, is it worth it. I pass. Thank you, Linda. Okay, Laura Kay, you're up, and then we'll open it up again. Good morning. Uh, This is Laura Kay, gratefully recovered in New York. Thank you so much, Katie, for your service. And thank you to everybody that shared so far this morning. It's been wonderful. Um, This paragraph really hit me. It's, It's really a synopsis of four through nine. If we're thorough about our personal inventory, we've written down a lot and listed and analyzed our resentments. And, oh, my goodness, I just found out just talking to someone yesterday about my irritability, restlessness, and discontent that I had yet another resentment, and I didn't even know it was there until I was, um, you know, talking to someone else and and talking about this vague feeling that I was having. Um, We've begun to comprehend their fertility and fatality. It. It's, it will lead to a fatality. It will lead to, you know, the overeating, the, all the compulsions that are out there that this program helps. They are fatal. They are fatal if we don't treat them, if we don't get help. And, um, and we see their destructiveness. And we've learned to um, tolerance, patience, and goodwill toward all men, even our enemies. This is um, so important because um, this sick man's prayer really works. It really works. And um, when I see the results of it, by the way, look at the way I used to react to things and the way that I'm beginning to react now because I'm doing these steps, because I'm um, talking to another person, because I'm telling them about my resentments, and because I'm praying um, to, you know, for that other person and looking at them as a sick person and not just as somebody that I you know, have this issue with, what a difference it makes in my life. It's just really just incredible. And then I look at my part in it, and I remember when I was – I mean, we see the patterns when we do that. It's just, just so incredible because I remember – the first time that I ever wrote down all my resentments doing the fourth step, I started writing ditto under everything for my, on the part where I'm looking at my part, you know, the selfishness, self-seeking. I was going ditto down the whole fourth column because I, it, it was the same thing over and over again. That's changed over time. It's changed um, in, in other ways. You know, I'm seeing other patterns that are, that are, forming and it's just an amazing thing and then the the last sentence you know we've listed the people we've hurt by our conduct and are willing to straighten out the past if we can that's making amends and um, this is just one paragraph that just like has all of this in it and it's um it's it's an incredible way to live our lives um i honestly feel that if anybody were to live their lives according to the 12 steps Oh my gosh, what a wonderful world it would be. So thank you, and I pass. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Okay, we have time for 
Let's see, we have time for several more if you would like to share on the um, third paragraph on page 70 and haven't shared in the last couple of days. Irene B. Irene B. Tess A. Melissa W. Sandy S. Sandy S. Okay. Um, Kev, Irene B. And then someone A. I couldn't hear your first name. And Melissa W. And Sandy S. It's Tess A. Could you spell that, please? Yeah. T as in Terry, E, S as in snake, S as in snake. Oh, Tess. Okay. Okay. Um, We can take one more. Pam R. Pam R. Okay. Go ahead, please. Um, Irene B. followed by Tess A. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. Um, Irene B. Um, in Louisiana. Uh, this inventory. Um, something that uh, that I hadn't realized and how it helped me not only get to know myself better and and to see things that I could improve, things, let me take that back, things that I could ask God to to remove from me that were not necessary, that superfluous. But what it really did for me in looking at my part, it enabled me to see myself just as a human being, not a victim. And um, because I saw my part in it, you know. Um, and it also helped me to to forgive, to have compassion, to put myself in the other person's shoes for a minute. And it just freed me from long resentments that I couldn't let go of. So for me, this exercise um, was frustrating too because I, I couldn't see what I couldn't see and I wanted to make sure that I did it right. And um, it, it was hard. It was, I'm not lying. It was just so difficult to see what I needed to see. But the more I did it, the easier it became. And um, the first time I did uh, the steps, gosh, it took, it seems like forever to do the inventory. (laughs) But the second time, it took like maybe a couple of days at most. So, um, that was very hopeful because because this is something that I'm going to have to do for the rest of my days until I die. If I am going to be well, if I'm going to not relapse, if I'm going to not pick up, I need to continue with this exercise just of taking inventory. And, um, and we can do it. If I can do it, anybody can do it. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, Tess A, you're up, followed by Melissa W. 
Okay, I don't think I can be. Can I be heard? Okay, Tessa, you're up, followed by, okay, there you are. Okay, thank you. Hi, everyone. Tess A., um, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Long Island, New York. Um, and I'm just, my first time sharing on the line, and um, I'm so grateful for this program. Um, and thinking and reflecting and reading a lot about this inventory, um, I was thinking about the first time I had done my inventory, um, there was a big resentment that I had missed that I had overlooked, um, and later on I had wound up picking up, um, and I realized it was because of this one resentment that I had missed. Um, and reading over this paragraph again, I'm seeing that it wasn't really until after I had turned over that last resentment, like, it was only then that I really began to see, like, that tolerance, patience, goodwill toward all people, even our, um, even our, en even our enemies, um, and being able to look at every other person in my life, and even if, you know, they did something that was, like, annoying to me or frustrating, I'm able to truly, like, feel like this is a sick person or this is someone who's like also imperfect or someone who's like dealing with things um, just like I was and I have to, you know, give them the same um, like tolerance, patience and goodwill um, that I have been able to see and experience, especially through this program and through getting um, more and more in touch with my higher power. Um, learning about how much my higher power loves me and turning over these resentments and, you know, um, removing everything that blocks me from being able to really be in touch and connected with my higher power's love that I'm able to go um, and in turn share that love, that tolerance, that patience, that goodwill um, with all other people in my life. Um, and at the end of the day, I have like absolutely nothing but gratitude um, for the for this program, um, for this line, um, and for this beautiful um, literature that we get to um, study and read and reflect with every day. And uh, thank you so much for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you so much, Tess. Okay, Melissa W., you're up, followed by Sandy S. morning, everyone. Uh, Melissa W. Recovered in New York. Um, thanks to everyone for their service this morning. Um, it's interesting where I, I was at this point in the program, and I'm so grateful to everyone who said this out loud on the line, which is, um, you know, I was sort of still doing this program. Number one, I was, I had completely internalized that um, this disease was fatal for me. Um, and then if I picked up again, um, I don't know, I was out the window or, you know, it, it was not, it was not good for me, but I was, uh, you know, I didn't really have a God and I was still praying to something that felt kind of blank and, and, and I had no conception of tolerance, patience. I just, I just didn't. And when I wrote this inventory, I, I, I wrote it, but I didn't quite like feel it. And the journey from the head to the heart here to internalizing this, it was long and it was painful. Um, and and the thing that I realized when I'm, I'm writing this is just like, you know, I didn't really understand like who my enemies were. 
like I kind of thought everyone was an enemy. I sort of thought it was like me versus the world. And I got to be honest, like I still get a little tripped up on that. You know, I'm really grateful that the fourth step taught me how to write a 10th step because that fact-finding mission, like I have to do it sometimes multiple times a day with people to remember that like that person isn't turned against me. Um, and, um, and it's funny because like, as I, I went through this four step, I, I saw the patterns quite clearly, but um, it, it actually, it wasn't revealed to me as I went through. And sometimes I was in some places and, and it was actually my most important amends that I didn't see through, I actually went through almost all of my amends exactly what the amends was that I owed to that person. Um, and so I'm so grateful for the precise language of this book um, and for my my support network in this program um, for walking me through this program. Um, and thanks all for, for being here through this um, in this meeting and, and in this, this journey with me. Thanks so much. Thank you, Melissa W. Okay, now we'll have Sandy S. followed by Pam R. Hi, this is Sandy S. from Asheville, North Carolina. And when I originally read this, I underlined terrible destructiveness. And the terrible destructiveness is how I treated myself first. Definitely, I was the enemy. I was and still am, you know, really engaged with the struggle of accepting who I am. I just don't like who I am. And I've always wanted to be someone else, you know, someone else that I saw as like calm and caring and confident. And I was the opposite and still am. I'm very emotional. I'm self-centered. I'm thinking, what can I get? Um, because I really doubt at the bottom of it. I really doubt that I'm okay as is. That is the hardest thing for me. And the other thing I wanted to share is that I get a lot of higher power connections through things outside the program that I feel God has led me to, you know, other spiritual things. And um, I was involved in a group last night where the focus was spiritual group on choose joy. And how even if I'm going through the most horrendous experience. If I just let myself have the awareness of, okay, this is that experience, that there can be joy in any moment. And I have to say for me, the antidote to self-hate, which is really at the core of my illness and fear, self-hate and fear, which God has to remove, my job is just to be open to moments of joy. Little moments when they come, I can't force joy, but just to be open to, and what is joy? Just wrap the tension in something else. I mean, it is so joyful just to connect with something else and not be in my head. And that's a God thing when that happens. So that, that's what saves me from the terrible destructiveness of my own mind. And with that, I pass. 
Thank you, Sandy. Okay, Pam R., you'll be our last share for today. Thank you. Hi, this is Pam R. from Texas. Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And the noise that you might hear in the background is my infant granddaughter that that I'm holding. She's less than 14 days old, and that's my living amends and the miracle in my life of what this program has done for me that I'm able to be in my daughter's house, open and welcomed to come in. And I think for me in this paragraph, it shows me that I took personal inventory. And in doing that, I was able to, my eyes were opened. I was completely unaware of who I really was. And I was unaware of how much self-pity and, uh, resentment that I was carrying around. But the beautiful thing for me has been that working this program is that I don't have to remove all that stuff. I have to be honest and open and willing to see things as they really are. And then asking my higher power to do that for me, that which I cannot do myself. And I liken it to a glass that's supposed to be my life and there's supposed to be clear water crystal clear water vulnerable and transparent that you can just see through and really all it was filled with was mud and during the inventory with this sometimes serving spoon sometimes teaspoon I was willing to see the mud and as I was willing to set that mud aside and stop the resentments and living these things over and over and over. Nature abhors a vacuum. And my higher power came in and and filled it with things that were tolerant and patient and goodwill towards both people that I loved and also people that I didn't think that I could love. And so that has been the beauty for me is that my higher power has done these things and continues in every single thing that I encounter in everyday life. It's just my higher power coming in and giving me a circumstance or an interaction to remove my character defect. And that has been freeing. Thank you for letting me share with that I pass. Hope everyone has a blessed day. Okay, thank you so much, Pam R. And we have 15 seconds, so I think we'll just go ahead and end for this morning. Thank you to everyone who shared, and please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, July 14th, 7 a.m. meeting is 17,352, that's 17352. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Katie G please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hey Katie, thanks for taking the meeting. Katie G recovered in Boston. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. 
the answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.